It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Joe Mixon took to social media on Thursday to let folks know what he thinks about expectations that the Bengals will move on. Plus, it's Mock Draft Monday. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we dive into some Joe Mixon social media stuff and another Mock Draft Monday here a couple weeks before the combine. We have two more Mock Draft Mondays anyway before the NFL combine rolls around, and we'll hear from Duke Tobin and some of the Bengals coaches in Indianapolis. But today, James, we start with Joe Mixon, who... Saw a a tweet from one of those fake NFL rumors accounts that just aggregates and spews nonsense into the world. But they, I think, saw a Jay Morrison article about the fact that the Bengals are expected to move on from Joe Mixon this offseason at the running back position. NFL rumors, a Twitter account that none of you should follow because it is nonsense and not grounded in reporting at all tweeted that the Bengals are expected to move on from running back Joe Mixon in the offseason. And Joe Mixon saw it and said, y'all said this last year too. That's clown behavior with some emojis in there. (laughs) Can you repeat the tweet again? (laughs) No, I closed it. Y'all said this (laughs) last year too. There's a, a face palm emoji and a laughing emoji with tears. And then that's clown emoji behavior. Yeah, no, I just I just wanted to hear you say it again. That's all. Um, a couple things. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. I do think we expect the Bengals to tag T. Higgins, which is 20-plus million dollars in cap space, 21-plus million dollars in cap space. That's a direct hit to this year. So this idea that they're for sure keeping him, I think, is wild, and that's what Joe's saying. A lot of people, including Jay Morrison, were right about Joe Mixon last offseason, even if he doesn't want to admit it, because everyone said that he would either take a pay cut or be cut. But I do wonder, that there's two sides of the coin here. One, if the Bengals tag T and decide to run it back, do they say, and, and kind of look at it the same way with Joe Mixon, or do they say we can take $5.8 million, uh, that, that cap space that they would save, because he's he's an eight point eight million dollar cap hit this year, and so that money take that and apply it to defensive tackle. Take that and apply that to whatever right tackle they target. Take that and apply it to insert whatever you want to apply that to. I think it's interesting from that those two elements. So I really don't know what they're going to do. I don't think Jay made up what he said. I also don't think Joe necessarily knows what's going to happen to, with his future at this point. So taking that tweet and saying, oh, Joe knows he's going to stay, uh, we'll know next month 
when he's set to make that $3 million roster bonus on, I think it's March 17th. I don't think it's necessarily cut and dried either way from the Bengals front office perspective. One, you have a front office that's generally very loyal to players. Two, you have a front office that we know likes Joe Mixon and is a big reason that Joe Mixon got the extension he did in the first place. And part of that is the Bengals thinking, well, we can keep a player we drafted in the second round that we're pretty bullish on. And at the time, he was still young and didn't have the wear and tear that's started to take, at least it appears, a bit of a toll on his athleticism, his burst, although it was there at times last year. There were times in 2023 where Joe Mixon looked like vintage Joe Mixon. There were also times it looked like he struggled and he still hasn't put it together from a a pass protection perspective. And they don't really have that guy on the team right now. And this is where it gets interesting is where if they do cut Joe Mixon, do we expect that the Bengals are comfortable going into next year with scrap heap million dollar running back plus chase brown plus potential draft pick in a class that we know isn't very strong at running back not to say that it's bereft of talent there are guys in this draft class that i'm sure will have successful nfl careers but universally this is not seen as a strong running back draft class and then you look at the math and you say well if the bengals are going to go get another veteran to backfill for joe mixon say it's even a budget veteran say it's samaje pirine type player on Samaje P. Ryan type deal. Maybe you even say it's a little bit less, $3 million per year for an APY. Maybe they do a two-year deal. When you do it that way, you're not shuffling money around very much from a cap perspective. And it's reasonable to expect that any running back the Bengals might sign could have somewhere around a $3 million cap hit minimum, potentially, unless they go for strictly vet minimum type players in 2023. Joe Mixon, they save, like you said, James, $5.75 million if they do release him with some of that money being prorated on the signing bonus that he previously agreed to that would not come off the books from a cap perspective. So you could end up with cap savings right around two and a half to $3 million for Joe Mixon if they were to cut and replace. Now, two and a half to $3 million, assuming that they would go get a veteran, which I think they would, to replace Joe Mixon, you could certainly put that toward another player. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just you're saving five and a half to $6 million and putting the, all of that money elsewhere because I do think the Bengals would make another investment at the running back position since all they would really have on the roster at that point is, is Chase Brown. And I think they would want something else going into the draft so it's not just Chase Brown and we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? And so when, when you think about the cap savings, and where the path toward Mixon's return is, maybe he takes another pay cut, for example. I, I don't know if that would happen either at this point. But but that math there would be where I could see the Bengals front office saying, hey, you know what, we're only saving $2.5 million. And we know Joe Mixon. And, and that could be a way that he returns. Sure, it could be. And I think we'll know when the legal tampering period starts. Because... The Bengals can have Joe Mixon on their roster and look around and I insert whatever veteran and and negotiate with whatever veteran running backs that they think they would be comfortable with. And maybe they don't. Maybe they just stick with Joe or maybe they go out, see what they can do, and then make that decision before that that deadline where they have to pay him that $3 million roster. Because if they pay him that, he's he's booked. That's it. He's he's the running back. 
For sure. And that's exactly it. They have until the fourth day of the league year. I checked on this yesterday to make a decision on that roster bonus, just over $3 million, $3 million and 28, $3 million, $28. They tacked on an extra $28 on the roster. Bonus. Well, that's his number. That was definitely by design. Is still a funny thing to me, but from oh, a cash perspective, sure. it's not like they're paying him a ton of cash. Like he's due under $6 million of cash. So it's not like it's a huge cash expense. It's just a cap thing for Joe Mixon this year and a number that they can't really move around all that much. And so that's where they need to make the decision. Like you said, we'll, we'll probably have an idea pretty early in free agency. If they sign a running back, that might be the writing on the wall. If they renegotiate the deal with Joe Mixon, we'll probably know that sooner than later as well. And I, I don't know that that's very likely to happen for a second year in a row. But we will have our answer well before the draft, I think, because of that roster bonus. Like you said, James, $3 million with that roster bonus, which is more than half of the money Joe Mixon is owed for 2024 if he does play out his contract due on the fourth day of the league year, which gives them time to navigate the early part of free agency and figure out their plan. I will say if I'm Mixon, I, I would be more than willing to potentially revisit it to to give the Bengals more flexibility as far as his contract goes, because the last thing I want, and who knows, maybe it changes with some of these guys, but is to become a free agent with Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry and, and just all these other guys where you could just look up and even though it's a weak draft class, look up and, and not necessarily have a job, uh, you know, at, at the money you're looking for at that bell cow type of workload. And, and I, I think his workload, regardless if he stays here, will drop some, but if he goes to a new team, it could significantly drop. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention Austin Eckler. I mean, there are a lot of guys out there that are established veterans, and I'm not sure how this running back market is going to shake out. But like Jake said, it is mock draft Monday, so maybe we will address running back. It certainly won't be in round one, but let's get to mock drafting coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA season is in full swing, and if you're like me, well, now's the time where you're shifting and watching more NBA, and it's the perfect time to get to FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So throw five bucks on LeBron, throw five bucks on Steph Curry, and well, if you get that bet right, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets. And they have everything from prop bets to different lines, same game parlays, quick bets, and so much more. FanDuel is the place you need to go right now to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, James, we're diving into a mock draft Monday. We're on a different simulator just to shake things up this week. For those of you not watching on YouTube, we are on the Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. As you can see up at the top there, we're recording this 
and the mock draft simulator for Pro Football Network was last updated on the 16th of February to try to stay up to date with the way things are moving. And let's see. I wonder if J.J. McCarthy, there it is. That's what I was looking for before we hit the play button here and start this draft. J.J. McCarthy up to 14th on the NFL mock draft simulator over the Pro Football Network. Yeah, baby. Go top 10. Go top 10, J.J. Which kind of portrays the hype about that that we're hearing. NFL front office is really high on J.J. McCarthy. Anyway, we're going to let this thing run and see how it goes, see how many quarterbacks are picked see where the wide receivers and tackles come off the board. And then we will make our pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. And honestly, James, when you talk about JJ McCarthy and the hype around him, you're hoping as a Bengals fan to see him picked. And we do see four quarterbacks picked before the Bengals are on the clock. We reject all those. It's already done. But none of those quarterbacks picked were JJ McCarthy and Discuss who went. T- t- tell everyone who's off the board, and then I get yeah. to I get to say who's on the board. Let's sure. do the so, gritty, baby. Four quarterbacks picked: Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Bo Nix. The quarterbacks picked. Put JJ McCarthy there if you don't think that it's going to be Bo Nix. A, b- a bunch of tackles picked as well: Joe Alt, Oyu, Olu Fashanu, in addition to Taliese Fuaga, J.C. Latham picked one pick before the Bengals pick. At wide receiver, obviously Marvin Harrison, Roma Dunze, and Malik Neighbors all picked at corner. Terion Arnold, Nate Wiggins, at edge, Dallas Turner, Layatu Latu, both picked as well. And the other notable pick is Jerzon Newton, Jared Verse, the edge player. But uh, those of you listening closely through the process of elimination know what name James is about to talk about. Brock Bowers is a Cincinnati Bengal. You are a Bengal. Congratulations. You get to catch passes from Joe Burrow for at least the next five years and probably beyond because you are one of the best weapons in the draft and the NFL messed up and let you fall to 18. I I know that there are people that will roll their eyes at the idea of a tight end and they'll say trenches and I say trenches, trenches. Brock Bowers, you are a Bengal. Enjoy the ride. And uh, get ready to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, my friend, because you're going to be a big, big part of this offense. And uh, good luck, Kansas City Chiefs, with your your secondary. It's really great that you have an awesome secondary. Double T, double Jamar, feels great. Good luck guarding Brock Bowers, too. That's why you take him. This would be huge for Joe Burrow and company. I think Jamar would do the gritty every time Brock scores. And Brock, you better work on your gritty because there's going to be a lot of touchdowns for you at Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium. But uh, let's be honest, it's Paul Brown Stadium. The availability of Brock Bowers at 18 is something that I I think is a reasonable possibility. I'm not saying I think it's probable. I think that, you know, the Colts could pick him. Any of the teams, if he starts to fall this far, could trade ahead of the Bengals try to get up and get him because I think there would be an expectation that the Bengals would pick Brock Bowers if he's there at 18. I don't think that's something that Dave Lapham needs to go on his show and or go on the radio and say, oh, the Bengals really like Frank Ragnow, and then the Lions go up and get him. I think that's something that the entire NFL could reasonably project and say, you know what, if Joe Burrow could get Brock Bowers to go with the franchise tag T. Higgins and Jamar Chase for a year and, and, and the future of Jamar Chase and Brock Bowers being your skill guys – I think that's something that the entire NFL could see coming. 
the players you're passing on to pick Brock Bowers, this is why it's so important that the Bengals do their homework in free agency and get to those starting level players at so many positions because in this scenario, it means you're not picking a corner like a Quinion Mitchell, who we know the Bengals are, are going to be fond of based on Charles Burks working with him at the Senior Bowl, his expected performance at the Combine, his performance at the Senior Bowl. Cooper DeJean, another corner that could go very early in this draft. You're not taking a secondary player here. You're not taking a defensive tackle. Jerzon Newton, not available, Maybe, but maybe Bry- Byron Murphy becomes very appetizing. You're not Amarius taking Mims. Uh, an, an, an offensive lineman, Amarius Mims, Tyler Guyton, the top tackles available, Jackson Powers Johnson, the uh, the interior offensive lineman available here, a guy with a lot of flexibility in positional uh, alignment, and Graham Barton, the Duke offensive tackle who is projected, I think, to play inside in the NFL where he also played at Duke. It means you're not taking a wide receiver. Obviously, if T is franchise and, and a guy like Brock Bowers is available, I think you go for Brock Bowers here. And this is the scenario where if you're the Bengals, you're saying, I'm taking the blue chip player in Brock Bowers and not potentially a, a lesser prospect at a position of need. Not saying Jackson Powers Johnson or Marius Mims are necessarily lesser prospects, because I do think they're both very good, but I think that Brock Bowers is one of the few blue-chip players in this draft, and if he's available to the Bengals at 18, it's because of positional value and the way other teams are evaluating their rosters. Yeah, he's a top-10 talent in this draft, and uh, it would not shock anybody if he went top-10. I think it would shock a lot of people if Amarius Mims at this point went top 10. It would still be surprising. Jackson Powers Johnson, top interior lineman. It would still surprise people if he went top 10. Not that they're not great, because they are, and both could end up being Bengals. But if a guy like Brock Bowers falls your way, you, for whatever reason, I, I mean, not only is he a blue-chip player, but you talk about franchise tagging T. Higgins and then kind of pivoting into the post-T era, there's not really a, a much better way I could think of unless Malik neighbors falls or unless, uh, unless you want Roma Dunze to fall, which that's really unrealistic because wide receiver is as valuable in the NFL as it's ever been in league history, but tight ends, they have fallen some. And so could he fall with top tackles, top wide receivers, top quarterbacks, top defensive linemen too? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance. And so the fact that he fell, Jake, put the pick in, man. Let's move on to uh, round two with one of the best weapons in the draft. I do want to throw in one more thought before I send the pick in and we let this thing roll in and come back for the second round. Looking at who's available here, Amarius Mims, Tyler Guyton, Troy Fatanu, Kingsley, Sua Mataia, Jordan Morgan. These are all guys that if I'm the Bengals, I'm watching the top of that second round and I'm ready to trade up. Mm-hmm. I'm also watching for Byron Murphy falling. Like I'm ready to trade up in the second round this year. Sure. potentially give up you know fourth round pick maybe to try to go do it because i do think there is a fall off in talent in this class and we'll talk more about that probably in some future episodes probably after the combine we'll probably have some guests back on to talk about the depth of the class but you've heard some people allude to this with players returning with nil stuff with the covid extra years the the depth of this class not necessarily what it once was not to say you can't get good players but just looking at some of the players available at an offensive tackle in particular, I could definitely see myself be interested, being interested in trading up. So let's hit Brock Bowers. We'll come back in just a minute to take a look at how the first round finishes and 
evaluate our trade-up possibilities, James, and take a look at the second and third rounds to finish up the show. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about getting last-minute tickets. They should be accessible, they should be easy to find, and you should be able to see the view from your seat before you make the decision on the tickets you want. And that's the beauty of Game Time. Whether you're talking about concerts, live events, Game Time has you covered. So maybe you want Reds opening day tickets, maybe you're catching an NBA game, or maybe you're looking ahead to the NFL season or a big concert this summer. Well, Game Time is going to have you covered. And they have the right deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts, so you can get the last-minute tickets you're looking for. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brock Bowers, Jake. Brock Bowers. We were able to get him with the 18th pick. And unfortunately, a lot of the top offensive linemen, top players that we would have targeted at 18 had Bowers not been there. They're off the board. As expected for most of these guys, right? I was waiting to see if maybe a Jordan Morgan, a Troy Fatanu, a Kingsley Suamataya would fall into the top of the second round. And as we can see here at the end of the first round, for those of you watching on YouTube, the last three picks of the first round are Suamataya, the BYU tackle, Troy Fatanu, who played left tackle at Washington, is being projected to the inside by some prognosticators, and Jordan Morgan, who came back from an ACL injury to play pretty well in his last year at Arizona, all picked. In addition to that, we see Amarius Mims, a lot of those corners I was talking about, Quinion Mitchell, Kool-Aid McKinstry, in addition to Cooper DeJean, Kamari Lasseter, all getting picked in the first round, and uh, also Jackson Powers Johnson, of course, picked here in the first round. So, out of guys that we talked about as potential trade-up guys, if the Bengals were interested in moving up at the top of the second round, I'm looking at Byron Murphy still available as we start the second round. I'm looking at Graham Barton, the versatile offensive lineman from Duke, still available at the top of the second round. And those are the two names that stand out to me the most as far as trade-up candidates. But not enough. If it was a tackle, if it was a Suamatia, I would really be considering it. But all the way up to the top of the second round is much more expensive than, say, eight picks to 40 or something like that as well. So what do you think? We just let it roll here. Let's let it roll. Let's see what we got. Probably lose Murphy. It's all right. Got to run on wide receivers. The worthy Mitchell start to the second round. Trey Benson going early. Oh Lord. Trey Benson went really early. Oh man. Is it going to happen? Oh, lad McConkey four picks away. I was going to say. Uh, otherwise, yeah. if if McConkey had fallen there to Vondre Sweat going at 47, that's a bummer too. Yeah, there are some players here where you might want to trade up. Graham Barton makes it to 36. The Packers trade up to get him in this mock draft. Zach Frazier, another interior offensive lineman that I think is worth watching if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, goes at 39. Byron Murphy gets all the way to 42. And Jatavion Sanders at 43. Byron Murphy at 42 
If he gets into the 40s, which I think is far outside of the realm of reality, I'm definitely interested in trading up. Uh, Also true for Devondre Sweat. If he gets really, if he, Tavondre Sweat, I keep saying Devondre, Mm -hmm. Tavondre. If he gets close, I would be interested in trading up there as well. That being said, we've missed on a lot of the trenches. Man. When we look at this, when we look look at the top tackles available, it's a name that I can't pronounce yet from Yale, the very athletic but was injured Yale offensive tackle at guard interior offensive line is Christian Haynes and Cooper Beebe being the top. I, I like Haynes a lot. There. I like Haynes a lot. Uh, well, there, there's the dude from BC too is still available, which um, is someone I could see them targeting in the mid-round. mahogany mahogany mahogany. Yeah, in the second round. No, mid-rounds, mid-rounds. Okay. I'm just mentioning options for people. Not right now. Not right now. Got it. I, I, I honestly think Haynes, it's probably a little early for Haynes anyways. I think Haynes, and I know some of these simulators have in there. I think size will knock him down. I think he could be in the 80 to pick 115 range for the Bengals. So the names that jump out to me here, James, are Troy Franklin. In terms of just the best players available, Darius Leonard, I think. A guy who was really impressive at the Senior Bowl, really Darius Robinson. Darius Robinson. Sorry, what did I say? Darius Leonard. Yeah, you, you combine Leonard, Leonard Taylor, Taylor, and Darius Robinson. Robinson looks like a freak. He looks like a freak. There's no doubt. Troy Franklin, the Oregon yes. wide receiver, TJ Tampa, cool. Iowa State corner. Those are the guys from a talent perspective. And and man, Chris Braswell, really low on the Pro Football Network board at 54. Those would be the guys that stand out to me the most. From a talent perspective, Michael it, Hall stands out to me too here. Yeah, and he's going to have a big range. He's going to probably go blow yep. up the combine, but his yep. weight is going to be really interesting. And, and we'll see what he weighs in at. And if he's like 290 or something, I don't think the Bengals are in there in the second round. Duke, or sorry, Rook or Horhoro, which is a name you made fun of me for last week, is Rook. also a guy who I think oh, well. is going to be in consideration in the second round for some teams. What direction would you go here, James? Man, that's, that sounds made up. I I think it's first off, it's tough because I could totally see the scenario where Troy Franklin's the top player on their board. I I really could. Um, But to me, this, this feels trenches. So Darius Robinson, is near the top of my list. I say Christian Haynes. I really like him. I think he's got center guard flex that they could be interested in. Michael Hall, to me, it's really tempting not to go Michael Hall. And that might be it. I, you know, Brandon Doralis, you could mention too, if you're talking about interior, is, is someone you can mention. I'll figure out how to pronounce it one day. and Someone will probably uh, say it, but is, is fun to say. Yeah, until he's a Bengal at least. So, I don't know. Can you go edge here? I mean, you can, but I, I to me, I think like Michael Hall could give you some a little juice to that pass rush day one. I, are we sure Darius Robinson's getting on the field? I want this guy to get on the field now. Yeah, that's uh, that is something that makes it tough for talking about guys that are going to be instant impact players. Troy Franklin is one that I could see. Cool. Very easily stepping in day one, and you just have a full complement of weapons. And if you're going to go that oh, route, well, you better have signed Mike and Wenu. You better have signed, you know, a couple of defensive tackles out there. Maybe, maybe even one of the big fish. Maybe a Christian Wilkins. If you want to start talking about oh two God. skill players, 
Just so, and that's what makes this hard, right? Is that we don't know what they've done in free agency. Let's do it, Jake. Let's do it. Let's okay. make everyone mad. So we're going to pretend that the Bengals bombs away, baby. <laughs> say Jermaine Illuminor. We're not swinging for the fences a tackle, but maybe they did sign Christian Wilkins, assuming yeah. that he's not franchise tag, which I think he probably will be by the yeah. Miami Dolphins. But they've they've addressed their trenches needs. So it frees them up to go for the best player. Maybe the best player, maybe you disagree and you don't think it's Troy Franklin. Maybe you're really high on TJ Tampa. Maybe you're really high on Darius Robinson. But Troy Frank, Troy Franklin is something that you can see fit from the perspective of the Bengals like to draft a year ahead of time to replace guys they know they're losing. They did it with Dax Hill when they franchise tag Jesse Bates. They've done it with tackles. They've done it with they, – they did it with Jesse Bates for Sean Williams. So you can see it. And and I know you're on board, James, to go skill player here. All I know is you better get those fireworks ready. They're going to have to order extra fireworks this year for all the and touchdowns that are about to be scored. I can hear our listeners rushing oh. to the comment section already to berate us moments. Yeah. for not getting one of the tackles, for not getting a trench player here. We'll see who we can get in the third round because then I think I am looking very hard at trenches and yeah, we'll when they drop 50 out. on Patrick Mahomes' head and he's throwing to Jake Lisko as his third wide receiver because wide receivers don't matter, then we'll we'll talk. I I they they still matter. They matter a ton. And oh man, we're gonna go receiver again here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what's interesting here is Roman Wilson is available. And so how big of a gap is there from Troy Franklin to Roman Wilson or Jalen McMillan? You could make that. You could question that, uh, but but to me, I think there are some players here that, that the Bengals could certainly target in the trenches um, that stand out. Even though we went skill player, skill player, Michael Hall went off the board pretty quick. Christian Haynes went off the board pretty quick. Uh, Malachi Corley went off the board at fifty three overall. Just for those wondering, uh, if he had made it, Darius Robinson fell to the Packers at fifty eight. Chris Braswell sixty two. Cooper Beebe sixty three overall. And then after that, um, let's see here. The Yale tackle, Kieran, whose name I can't pronounce, goes all the way up at 72. That is a guy that I'd be very interested in in the third round. He's a great athlete. Um, And and if they needed a tackle at that point. Chris Jenkins, Brandon Dorless. Yeah. Chris Jenkins getting all the way to 75 is is interesting. But Rook or Horhoro, which I think is closer to how that's pronounced, is it the top. is what really try it or horhoro or horhoro or horhoro or horhoro it's it's a lot of r's o's and or horhoro or horhoro or horhoro we don't have to work through this on air i love it but, but i appreciate People i appreciate it. the effort rook or horhoro looking at uh offensive lineman here the top tackle Cedric on this board is blake fisher for me, Roger Rosengarten could potentially be interesting here, despite how he played in the Washington Bowl game against Michigan in the fourth can, quarter. Can you take can you take Blake Fisher because it rhymes with Jake Fisher? Can you do that? I, I don't know anything about Blake Fisher. At the interior offensive line. Christian Mahogany. Christian Mahogany, Boston College interior offensive lineman. Dominic Pooney, who had a great showing at the Senior Bowl, a really good year at Kansas after transferring, will be interesting here. And Cedric Van Pran. Who you mentioned yes. at uh, at center, and I think I'm even interested. Tanner Bortol- Bort- Bortolini, the Wisconsin center, will be interesting around this point. Maybe the fourth round, 
more so Port- than than in the in the third. Portellini is a really tasty dish. Yeah. Uh, looking at wide receiver, just just to close that loop. <laughs> yes, Roman Wilson <laughs> is available, and that's yeah. why you maybe go for the trench player in the second round because there could be a wide receiver that falls, or maybe you really like Jalen McMillan. Maybe you really like. Malik Washington, Ricky Purcell, Jamari Thrash, one of these older, you know, fifth, fourth year players coming out that should be really polished and be able to hit the ground running. Maybe you really like Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan Rice. Maybe you really like Jermaine Burton out of Alabama. I really like Javon Baker, who's still on the board here. And you could talk yourself into waiting on a receiver until the third round. But if you're talking about trenches, I like Rook. Do it. Rook or Hororo. Rook, Rook, or Hororo. Cedric Van Praan would have been someone I would have been interested in too. Um, Yeah. But I think adding a defensive tackle here makes a ton of sense, develop him. And uh, I do think that there would probably be an interior lineman you could take in round four. Tackle, maybe not. But man, this is a mock no one's ever seen. And that's the beauty of doing these. Brock Bowers, Troy Franklin, and Rook Orhororo. That's an A plus. That's an A plus. Bombs away, baby. Let's I go. can't wait to see what grades our listeners will give us. Please do let us know in the comments a plus what is you the would only grade. Answer. If you don't this, give us an A plus, you're wrong. This mock draft. I'm looking and right into the camera, YouTube. The the last note from me here, since we went tight end receiver, just looking at where you could have gotten a tight end later. Say they go tackle first round. Say yeah. they after going tackle first round, you're comfortable picking. Uh, a wide receiver in the second round because you've picked a, a tackle. But then you come back and then you could have picked Ben Sinat or Cade Stover. Sinnott, sorry. I don't, I don't know why I keep missing that one. Ben Sinnott and Cade Stover were both available in the third round if you wanted a later tight end. But the, neither of them offer the upside that you, go, of course, get with Brock Bowers. That's on Mock Draft Monday. You couldn't get Rook Hororo. You, you could have gotten him in the second round. That's Nah, too late. Too, or too early, too early. We're getting our Hororo at pick 80. As a value faller, I That's would say. One. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Do go to the comments. Let us know how mad you are or how or pleased Hororo. you are. Remember, this mock draft does have to assume that they've made some moves in the trenches in free agency. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.